Hi, this is Anishka Fernandopoli. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button under my picture on dharmaseed.org or go to my website, anushkaf.org, A-N-U-S-H-K-A-F.org, and click on donate. Thanks. I appreciate your support. So this evening, we're going to do a different kind of meditation, which is um, metta meditation. On the schedule, it's listed as loving-kindness meditation. Um, So I'm wondering how many people uh, might never have done this metta loving-kindness meditation before, if you don't mind to raise your hands. Okay, cool, great. So the, the Buddha taught a variety of different practices that help to train the heart and mind. And in that time, the heart and the mind were considered one. Uh, There's one word, citta, that's referring to both heart and mind, in case you hear us saying this kind of thing before. And this vipassana insight practice, using mindfulness, is one avenue. And another one is this cultivation of particular wholesome states of heart and mind, uh, like this metta, or loving-kindness practice. I like a different translation than um, loving-kindness, which is the uh, translation of unstoppable friendliness. And I appreciate in the Buddhist teachings, there's a lot of nuance and detail awareness and reflection on love and qualities of love and compassion and what does this actually mean? What are the different ways that this manifests in our lives and how is it different or helpful, unhelpful? Um, It's kind of like, you know, different periods of time, different things are important, so materials or money or, you know, so then there's a lot of focus on that and there's a lot of detailed look at that. So here there's a really detailed look at uh, quality of love or friendship or well-wishing. Like, what does that mean? What does it mean to develop a purity of heart around this? And what are the states of mind and heart that are kind of close to that, can masquerade as that, uh, but are not that? What are the states that are the complete opposite of that? Uh, So a real exploration of this range of wholesome states of mind and heart and uh, really our relationship to each other. Now there is, uh, even in Western discourse these days, a lot lot to some extent of discourse about uh, what is the ideal relationship to each other. But a lot of times it will come in the form of um, magazines you might see in the grocery store about finding a partner and pleasing them and uh, (laughs) things like that. Keeping them and all that. This is a different one. Because it's actually not about possession at all. And this is one helpful, important distinction in this kind of uh, quality of friendliness of love is that it's actually not about possession. It's not about trying to contract someone uh, for something or make them do something. It's about a certain um, purity of heart of this 
unconditional kindness. It's something that all of us really would like in our life. And maybe if we're lucky, we've had that in some relationships at some different times, or even some flavor of that. So someone who had felt like uh, saw you and cared about you, regardless of what you could or could not do for them. Your relationship was not about uh, your utility to them or your status or how you make them feel, or anything like that. So in some ways then it's based on a respect and really just a caring kindness. The basis of this is an understanding that you know from the time we take birth as human beings, our life is very fragile. So our life requires a lot of very specific conditions to continue ones which largely we take for granted when they're present. But, for example, it can't be too hot, can't be too cold, it can't be too wet, can't be too dry. We can't be, have too much pressure on ourselves. You know, the air pressure needs to be a certain way. We have to get a certain amount of nutrition and water. Our skin is actually very delicate and get torn and we can start to leak different ways. So the life is difficult for us and for human babies also from the time they're born, they're really very helpless. You know, it takes a long time and a lot of effort to get us into some kind of uh, independent shape, sometimes decades, you know. <laughs> So when we, when we face this and recognize this fragility in ourself and um, in others, we can also recognize that as we're milling around, mucking about on the planet after taking birth, we are all just wanting to be happy. You know, we seek safety, we would like to be healthy, we would like to be well. Very basic wishes. And that doesn't matter who you are, or how much money you have, or where you're born. You know. For humans and for non-humans alike, you know, we wish to be well, we wish to be healthy, safe, free from fear. And yet, in this world, there's not too much guarantee of that. The conditions are changing and not under our control. But still, we can hold in our heart a wish for each other to be well. So if the choices are, I could ignore you, I could hate you, or I could wish well for you, we want to pick the third one, wish well for you, right? And actually train our heart and mind to uh, connect with others in this way, in some form of, of kindness. And you might have this in major relationships in your life sometimes, sometimes in some flawed way, but sometimes it's there, or someone might be lucky enough to have had a grandparent who can provide this, or a teacher at some point, a dear friend, who seems to really care about your well-being. You know, they really sincerely want you to succeed, be happy, be well. Sometimes it's just in very short relationships, though, too. You know, there's some sense of connection, human connection. You don't even have to know the people, 
have any ongoing uh, relationship with them. And sometimes it can happen very spontaneously and naturally, even with people you've just met, that there's a sense of kindness while wishing. Sometimes it can seem quite hard. The opposite is the state of uh, wishing badly for someone, of course. Uh, So having some sense of hatred, antipathy towards them, aversion. And then the state that's considered close to that but not that is when you love someone but with attachment. So I love you but there's kind of fine print there as long as you do the following things, as long as you don't do the following things, as long as you don't say the following things. And really many, many of our relationships, when we look at them really closely, have some uh, fine print of that sort there. And we can train ourselves to be the kinds of people that can provide this sense of just general well-wishing for us, for each other, for ourselves. Sometimes those that are closest to us can find it hard to do that because they want us to succeed so much. They want us to make the right choices. And so they're not have that sense of detachment. One of the examples for me in my life was uh, with some of the aunties I had in my community. So I remember when I was go on a trip somewhere, maybe when I was like a young adult, uh, the aunties would give a blessing uh, for the travel, you know, like wishing, have a safe journey, and you arrive well, and people treat you well. And really it was just wholehearted well-wishing. So not an attachment like, and you better not lose your luggage, or you better get the right flights, or did you get to the airport soon enough, or, you know. Just really genuinely like, oh, I want people to treat you well. I hope that you have a safe trip. You know, just real open-hearted blessing. So it's rare to find, and we really seek this out in many, many relationships in our life. But the secret is that we ourselves can actually become this fountain of such blessing. It's there for us all the time. And we can learn to access that and then to share that with others. So it's a a slightly different practice than the uh, practice of mindfulness, but complementary in the sense that when you really love or have this sense of friendliness towards someone or something, usually it's easy to pay attention to them. And actually when you start paying attention to something, oftentimes this quality of openness and love can also come. So they're kind of two sides of the same coin, even though the meditation practice is a bit different. So for this practice, uh, the first instruction is that you should sit in a way that you're not in pain. Because it's hard to wish well when you're not in, when you're having so much pain, right? So you can rearrange yourself if you like.
And we can begin by just sitting and connecting with our body being here. Feeling ourselves breathing. And as we're doing that, we could recognize that that which we're observing, this experience of breath, is actually this life force in us. There's been this thread of breath from the time of our birth all the way through our lives. So it's a meaningful object that we're paying attention to. can see if we can regard the experience of breathing with the sense of kindness and openness. It's actually a sense of love for our body breathing. So with a sense of caring So one of the practices that can help us in this cultivation of friendliness is to develop this towards ourself. So I'd like you to bring to mind some positive quality that you have. It could be a time that you did something good for someone, an act of generosity, compassion. It could be a general quality you have, like of being honest or patient. It doesn't have to be a huge thing. It could be a small act that you remember of even here holding the door for someone, smiling at them. Or for some of you it might be even reflecting on your choice of job or career to help people, help the planet, create some kind of meaningful social change, be of service. Your relationship as a parent or grandparent So allow yourself to connect in your heart with the sense of your own goodness. If you can think of nothing else you could remember, you decided to go on meditation retreat for the weekend. It's considered very wholesome human activity.
Then we're going to try to bring to mind someone who, when you think of them, it's very easy for you to have a sense of well-wishing for them, a sense of kindness towards them. That could be a child in your life or someone who's been a mentor for you, a teacher, parent, dear friend. Even could be a dear animal. If there's one who you have very easy feelings of love and connection to. (coughs) So you could imagine either that person or animal sitting in front of you. So like you're gonna say some things to them. Or you could imagine a picture of them, an image in your mind of them. So I'm going to suggest some phrases that you could repeat to yourself. And just take each phrase with as much sincerity as you can. You can change the phrases if they don't work for you, but you could give these a try. May you be peaceful and happy. May you be strong and healthy. May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May you care for yourself with ease. May you be peaceful and happy. May you be strong and healthy. May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May you care for yourself with ease. So if you lose the sense of that person, you can bring your attention back, start again. You start thinking about something else, whenever you notice it, just bring the attention back again. May you be peaceful and happy. May you be strong and healthy. May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May you live with ease.
Now we'll shift the attention and the well-wishing to ourselves. So some people like to do this while they're putting their hand kind of in their heart area. So if you want to try that, you can. It helps them to connect to themselves. And in all these cases, don't worry about what the feeling is that's generated. So just take each phrase with as much sincerity as you can and then let go of what the result is. May I be peaceful and happy. May I be strong and healthy. May I be safe from inner and outer harm. May I care for myself with ease. May I be peaceful and happy. May I be strong and healthy. May I be safe from inner and outer harm. May I care for myself with ease. May I be peaceful and happy. May I be strong and healthy. May I be safe from inner and outer harm. May I care for myself with ease. And similarly, we can have this well-wishing towards a group of people. So we can include in our friendliness everyone who's here on the retreat. Can include all the staff, the teachers. Can include all the animals around. We've seen those we haven't seen, but we hear. 
So just recognizing that all of us would like to be well, healthy, happy, safe. May we all be peaceful and happy. May we all be strong and healthy. May we all be safe from harm. May we all live with ease. May we all be peaceful and happy. May we all be strong and healthy. May we all be safe from inner and outer harm. May we all care for ourselves with ease. So the Buddha taught that which we think and ponder upon frequently, this will become the inclination of our mind. So if we plant these seeds of kindness in the mind, then mind gets trained in that direction. If we cultivate anger or jealousy, rage, mind gets trained in that direction. For most of us, we're a mixed bag, so we're doing some weed cultivation and some wholesome state cultivation, but to the extent that we can be aware, uh, it's helpful to uh, cultivate the wholesome. And even as we're going about our activities, we could see if we can imbue them with this quality of kindness. So we have one walking period left, and as you do the walking, you can see if you can connect with the experience of the body with some spirit of friendliness. So not a sense of detachment or disinterest. Uh, we've used this word intimacy. You know, this intimacy comes from this sense of caring and friendship. So what would that be like if I had that in relationship to 
It's a very simple act of walking or breathing. Now later on in the day, what would it be like if in putting myself to bed, I did that with a sense of friendliness, kindness, love even. Uh, The next meal at breakfast, what would it be like if I fed myself with a sense of kindness and awareness? So these are sort of koans, the answer to which is not writing an essay in your mind about what it would be like, but actually enacting it. The answer is in how you do it. And it's a good practice to get used to. So we'll have uh, one last period of walking meditation. If you like, you can go outside or do it inside. And then we'll come back in for uh, final sitting meditation. So you've almost made it to the end of the day. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs>